Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. We are in the book of Romans chapter 12. Grab your Bibles, bring a hungry heart for the righteousness of God's Word to the table today and watch what God will do for you. I'm excited uh, to be here sharing God's Word with you today again today. Uh, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, I'm here live in my office. You can watch Pastor Curtis' Facebook page or the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. Uh, and there everything will be stored as well as thecrosswaychurch.com, the website for you so that you can back all the way up to Romans chapter 1 verse 1 and catch up with us as you learn the truth of God's Word, how the Word relates to the one who became the living Word and what He did for us to be the experience of that living word in our own hearts today. Jesus Christ and Him crucified, praise God. We are blessed. Uh, before we dig into the word today, I just want to hold this up. Uh, Pastor Scotty Williams, Crossway Fellowship there in Dublin, Georgia, uh, sent us a, a picture uh, of uh, what they had made for the determined camp meeting this year, which will be in Dublin, Georgia. If I'm not mistaken, this is our seventh determined camp meeting and uh, again there will be somewhere around 12 ministers it'll be like no other camp meeting you have ever been to where the message of the cross is the focus it is the it is the it is the power of the meetings it is the focus uh, this year's camp meetings uh, subtitle if you will is called perfect vision and uh, that's we receive better and better and better vision uh, as long as we keep our faith in the cross and these meetings I promise you that you've never been to anything like this where the actual focus, the thrust, the striving together for uh, there at these determined camp meetings is the message of the cross. It's a group of men and women who uh, didn't step into it for a season, but man, they stepped into it and they're rolling with it, determined to know absolutely nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified and learning all of the Bible in that context because that is the context, hallelujah, of all of God's Word. And I'm thankful to be a part of these uh, determined camp meetings this year. It's October 22nd through the 25th. And for more information, you can message me or you can message Pastor Scotty Williams, who's on Facebook. And uh, these meetings will be streamed live. But man, more importantly, it'd be better if you were there. It would be better if you were there. And I thank God we've had some in Greenwood, Mississippi we, with Pastor Wayne Voss. We had some down in Spring, Texas a few years back. And, and we've had some here. And we've just been just blessed beyond what we could have ever imagined with the word that comes forth. And that's what we're in it. That's why we're in it, to hear the word of the Lord that faith might come. Because when faith comes faith overcomes. Hallelujah. Well, this morning we're in Romans chapter 12 and we will begin in verse 4. I'm not going to back up and backtrack this morning. I'm just going to remind us why what uh, Paul is saying in verse 4, what he is saying, and that is this. For as we have many members in one body 
and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Uh, he, he, see, he, see, we find here the context of why he's been talking about thinking soberly according to the measure of grace, I mean the measure of faith that God has given every child of God. You find that in verse 3. Go listen to last session and you will hear some uh, amazing things about that measure of faith. But he, we've been given that measure of faith mentioned here uh, so that we can think soberly. And we need to think soberly, the only way you can, is according to this measure of faith. And that is the measure, the portion of the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you, Galatians 2.20. Outside of that, we're not thinking soberly. And, uh, and we need to remember that. Outside of that is drunkenness. I don't care. We can still dress up and go to church and cry and lift our hands and, and do all sorts of things. But outside of faith in the work of Christ at Calvary, we're in a drunken state with only form and we're pretending instead of actually walking in the power and contending for the faith, we've had to start pretending. You move away from the cross, you have to start pretending because you're no longer walking in that sobriety that you've been given. You've been given the mind of Christ. It's a sober mind as long as you're thinking according to that measure of faith you were given. It's, a, it's again, that measure, that portion of of the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you. Outside of that avenue, that faith won't work. And there is no other faith that God honors outside of that faith he dealt to you. We read it in verse 3. But the reason here it's being spoken of by the Apostle Paul is because there's, uh, there's problems in the church. There's divisions in the church. There's, I got this gift and you only have that gift. And oh boy, he's got a gift. Oh my. Oh, but they, they, they don't. And there's just all this. To, listen, it's been in the church since the church began. I mean, uh, uh, there, a couple of Jesus' disciples uh, wanted to know uh, what could they do to obtain a seat at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus. I mean, uh, we're so prone to want to be lifted up. We're so prone to think more highly of ourselves uh, than we ought to. And that takes place every time we move away from Calvary, even though we might be saying the cross and Jesus and God and the faith and all these things, when our heart is no longer our heart is no longer believing in righteousness, then we're not going to be walking in that sober mind that we were uh, that we obtained through the measure of faith that God dealt to all of us as children of God and there's problems he says in verse 4 listen the first word in verse 4 is for f o r usually in the bible you can replace that with because so let's back up and read verse 3 said i wasn't going to but here i am doing it let's read verse 3 and move into verse 4 for i say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think means it's being done 
but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith because as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same function, the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. This is so important. Because I don't care who you are, where you are, if you've been born again, you are a part of the body of Christ. Whether you are functioning properly, whether you're in the faith, or you've gone back and attempting to try to trust God through some law, some works of your own, some purpose-driven government of 12 words you speak, uh, anything, anything other than faith, the simplicity of Christ, faith in His work at Calvary, it doesn't matter. We're still all one body. Doesn't mean that you're uh, helping the body. Doesn't mean that I'm uh, supporting the body. I could be hurting the body as a matter of factual speaking, I could say truthfully speaking according to the word, if I'm not trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary, I'm actually hurting the body of Christ. I'm a crippled part of the body of Christ. God still loves me. God still got a plan for me. But while I'm not trusting in the cross of Christ and what he, I'm talking about what he provided for me in his death. If I'm not trusting in his death for me at Calvary, then I'm no longer living by grace. I have removed myself from grace. Read Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, Galatians 5, 1 through 4. I can fall from grace. I can remove myself from Him. And if that's my situation, and it was for several years, I could help nobody in the body of Christ. The body of Christ functions by grace. And if I'm not walking under grace... I have nothing to offer the body of Christ. Think about that. Every single born-again believer today is a part of the body of Christ. And if whoever, wherever they are that's trusting in something, anything other than the death of Jesus, listen to me very carefully, they are a crippled part of the body of Christ. Still a part of the body of Christ, but their being crippled is crippling the whole body. So we need to understand that. We love all the people of God. We love the church because God gave His Son for the church, all the church. He gave His Son for all the world. And so all the church, whether they're bound under law, whether they're putting on a, a big emotional and feeling type display, or whether they're actually preaching the truth of the gospel, they're still, if they've been born again, they're a part of the body of Christ. We need to pray for them. We need to believe God for them, that He would bring them back to faith and grace biblically, just as He's done us. And, and, uh, but nevertheless, we're all part of one body. And the giftings, and He says here... Uh, we don't all have the same office. We don't all have the same function. I pastor a local church. You do this. They do that. Uh, but we don't all have the same office. We don't all have the same function. But we are all a part of the same body of Christ because He only has one body. He doesn't have two. And the Bible says, So we, in verse 5, being many, are one body in Christ. And again here we can see that because of Colossians 2, 6 telling us that as we have received the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore let uh, walk ye in Him. Walk ye 
in Him. You received Jesus Christ by believing in His death, what He did for you at Calvary. And when you believed in His death for the atonement of your sins, Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says that you were immersed into the body of Christ by being immersed, baptized into His death. Not a water tank in church. That happened after your born again experience. But you were immersed into His death, baptized into His death into His body. You became a part of the body of Christ when you believed in His death at Calvary. You became righteous, justified, a part of the body of Christ, and we're all one body, not two. There's only one body. So we being many are one body in Christ. Let's go back to what I said earlier. If we don't know and 99% of the church does not know this, that my faith has to be in Jesus and His work at the cross for me to be able to walk in Christ. And if I'm not walking in Christ, I'm not a benefit to the body of Christ. I'm crippled and I'm crippling the body of Christ. If I'm a crippled part of the body, all I can do is hinder the body. So... This is a part of the five-fold gifting that you read about in Ephesians chapter 4 that uh, the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are to be uh, teaching that which equips the, the church for the work of the ministry which keeps the church from being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that blows through town or tries to blow into the church until we come together in the fullness of the unity of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. There it is. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave you and me the measure of that faith. And, and our, my function is to present the Word of God. My main function as, as a part of the body of Christ is to pastor, is to teach, is to edify and to exhort and to comfort the people of God with the truth of God's Word, which is the gospel. And we need to understand that, that we, we can't separate the truth from the gospel. Paul told Peter in Galatians chapter 2 when he was having to confront him and rebuke him that he says, when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I had to confront Peter. And so we need to remember that. The truth and the gospel are the same thing. There are many truths, many doctrines in the Bible, teachings in the Bible, but they must all be attached to Jesus and what He did at the cross or they're not going to have any effect on your life. That is by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the... He's only going to speak and guide you in all truth, not almost truth, not this word in however we want to put it, but He guides you into all truth. The truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. So he says in verse 6 then, having then gifts that are different according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us uh, wait on our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorts on exhortation, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity, he that rules with diligence, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness, 
Let love be without dissimulation, which is hypocrisy and respecter of persons. Abhor that which is evil. And the, and the whole list of these that we'll get into uh, in the upcoming sessions. But what I want to talk about now for just for a moment is this. In verse 6, having then gifts, and all the body of Christ has gifts. Understand, I understand that most of the gifts are being abused because if we don't know what it means to walk in Christ and therefore we're crippled, then our gifts cannot be used in the way God has offered them to us, given them to us by grace, according to the grace that is given to us. And so there's different grace... For different, there's, there's different graces for different functions in the body of Christ. But know this very important thing. Never forget this. Any aspect of God's grace is something God is doing in you, to you, for you, by you, and through you. It has to be the function of the Spirit of God who is God, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He has to be the one carrying it out or it is not grace. This is precisely what Jesus meant in John 15 verse 5 when he said, you can do nothing without me. Well, he's not here. So, how do we do anything with Him? We have received the Spirit of God's Son, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter, the Spirit of grace. Come on now. Anything that's called grace is something God has to be initiating and carrying out, once again, in us, for us, to us, by us, and through us. It's, it's really... I shouldn't even throw the word by us. I guess I can because what he does, he does through us, which is by us, it, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. I'm called a pastor to teach God's people, to preach to God's people, uh, and, and, and anybody anywhere that will give the ear to the message God has given me. But hear me very well, this has to be done by God's grace, according to God's grace. There's different grace because God doing different things in different people. But we're all the same body. We're, listen, when gifts, the gifts that we've received by grace, by what God is doing, not something God just dumps on you, called grace. God's grace is God doing something. He didn't just impart something to you and now you run with it. No, you have to have Him functioning in your life daily for you to be able to walk daily in your gifting because it's what He's doing by grace. By grace means He's doing it because God's grace is God at work. Think about it. We're saved by grace. Who saved you? God saved you through what He did in Christ at Calvary. Titus chapter 2 says we're taught by grace. Well, who teaches? The Holy Spirit is the teacher. Paul said, I labor by the grace of God. Well, how did he labor? By the power of the Holy Spirit. God's grace 
is God at work. It's not, again, don't dare, you don't dare think that God's grace is some mystical, magical, something He just gave you that you might just run with it in any direction. The grace He gives you to, to the grace He saved you by is, listen, the only avenue through which grace for your gifting will work without being abused. You got to understand that. That's why I said most of the gifts the church has received from the Lord because God's not going to take the gifts back even though we're abusing them. But we're going to give an answer for that at the judgment seat of Christ. We're going we're to give an answer at the judgment seat of Christ according to what we did with the grace for the giftings we were given. The only avenue of grace to anybody to be saved and to function in their gifting by the power of the Holy Spirit is the same avenue which Jesus tasted death by, Hebrews 2.9. And it's not that he tasted death by the grace of God. Now I was saved by that grace. Now I just run with it. No, no, no. Jesus taught that I must deny myself, take up my cross daily and follow him. And if I don't deny myself, and the, and the, the proof of biblical deny, the, the, the biblical denial of self is that my faith remains in the cross of Christ, for that is the cross I take up daily. I hope you're getting that. I hope you're understanding that. The biblical proof that I'm denying myself is that my faith is in the cross of Christ. I don't fill up my buggy at Walmart with things I want and then right before I walk out the door, well, I'm going to deny myself of that. I'm going to put all that back just to show myself I'm denying myself. No, no. The proof of biblical denial is that my faith is in the cross of Christ. I've denied myself to trust in that purpose-driven, that government of 12, that you speak it and you can have it, that, that you're the prophet of your own life. I've, I've denied the Emmaus walk. I've denied myself of falling into those golden calves and I've taken up my cross. I'm still trusting in Jesus and what he did for me. At Cal I'm denying all that. Matter of fact, not only denied all that, I've come out from among all that that only has a form and a pretense with no context of God's word and now I'm following Jesus and he said, listen to me, he said in Luke 14, unless you take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. Disciple means learner. That means all I can do when my faith is not in the cross is learn what the Bible says and where to find scripture in the Bible and, 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 and all the scriptures that pertain to your situation. Oh, there's a scripture for what I'm going through. But the application of those scriptures and the understanding in their righteous context can only take place when I'm following Jesus as a learner, as a disciple of Christ. And he said, I cannot do that unless I take up my cross, which means keep my faith in what he did at Calvary. That's very important. Maybe you've never heard this before. Maybe you've heard it a lot, but it don't make any difference. You're going to have to deny yourself again today the Bible doesn't really say deny them. It says deny yourself. 
It's self-denial. Yes, we deny them by denying ourselves an ear to them. That's why many have heard the message of the cross over the last several years, but they're still sitting. They're still sitting in these places under these men who are no longer. Or they heard it. They preached it a little while. They caught on fire a little while, but they're not preaching. Some never did hear it to the point of accepting it, subjecting themselves to it, giving themselves to it like the Apostle Paul did. And some are still sitting under that for the sake of relationship, for the sake of unity, which is not unity. And God is telling you, you've got to get up and get out. You stay there, you're still there, some of you, under uh, the, the, the thought that you're going to help them, but you're not helping them. You help them by shaking the dust off your feet and moving on. Amen. God's not told anybody to go sit under a preacher and teach that preacher. That's backwards according to the body of Christ and what the Word of God says. Come on now. So any words that come in to argue and debate this is only the words of men's wisdom. Come on now, somebody. So having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, to them. It's still by grace. It still has to be God functioning and God only works in the truth. Come on now. Psalms 33 and 4. Matter of fact, let me just go ahead and at the end of this broadcast, which we're getting close to today, five minutes left, all God's works are done in truth. Some, some people have just uh, got a real problem with this, but this is... The word of the Lord, Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right. Brother Curtis is not right. That denomination's not right. Their rules and regulations. The Bible is the word of God, and God's word says the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. That's why the apostle Paul could tell Peter in Galatians 2, you can read it. The Lord refers me back to it often. The apostle Paul said, but when I saw, that they walked not upright according to the truth of the gospel, I confronted Peter face to face. When I saw that all God's works are done in truth, I saw a necessity to find out what the truth is because there's where God is working. The truth has a name, Jesus Christ. But what made who he is available in application to my life is my trusting in what he did for me at Calvary. So the truth of God is a who and a what. It's the person of Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. This little 62-page booklet, if you love God's word as it is truth, then this little 62-page booklet will bless you tremendously. Don't listen to preachers trying to milk it down. God's Word is right. And all His works are done in truth. $15, you can get your copy. Just uh, go to thecrosswaychurch.com and send $15 and let us know uh, that you want the booklet 
and make sure your address is in there so we can send it to you. I only have probably uh, 10 maybe of these books left. Going to have to get some more printed. Don't know when that'll be, but I'm not going to do it till we sell out of every single one of them. Uh, so if you want one, you better get on in on it now. You will be blessed. Hallelujah. Uh, so here, let's, let's finish up on this in verse 6 today. We're in Romans chapter 12. Having then gifts. This means gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts and different avenues to function as the body of Christ. Even though we're all different, we have functionality as each member. You should not be isolated and not functioning. You are to be a part of the body of Christ. And you are to be a part of a local congregation preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Being equipped for the work of the ministry. Uh-huh. You should be learning the truth of God's word so that you are no longer carried away into every wind of false doctrine that blows through the church. And whether you can uh, move and get to a local church or not, you have social technology today where you can be praying for that ministry. You can be corresponding through the internet with that ministry. And you can be sowing your seed into that ministry. Every child of God has a place of functionality. And, and I mean a place of functioning in the body of Christ. And we need to make up our minds today that I will no longer be that which hinders the body, that which is crippling the body. But I will, number one, Lord, I will come to you through faith in the cross of your son Jesus, and I will not move away from that. I have heard so much. I've been taught so much out of outside of that context that I've been brainwashed, and I'm admitting today that that my mind is no longer operating in the soberness that you gave me this measure of faith to function in, and I'm coming back home today. I'm coming, I don't care what my spouse, my kids, my parents, or that church I've been in 40 years thinks, I'm coming back to faith and grace. I'm coming back to the only place that I can function as a healthy part of the body of Christ, and that means faith in the cross alone. I'm coming back. I've got a gift. You've given it to me, maybe more than one, and I want to be a functioning, healthy part of the body of Christ. Praise God. I hope you've been blessed through this session today, and I hope that you tune in every Monday and Thursday for our live broadcast, and I also hope that you'd pray for us and share this message, this teaching series on your Facebook page, your Twitter, your YouTube channel, whatever it is. Help us publish God's Word in truth, His words of righteousness. You can sow into the ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. Don't forget you can tune in Friday mornings and you can even show up and be a part of our Bible study next door in the studio and we're presently teaching 1 Timothy. God bless you. We love you. Till I see you next time, remember, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Praise God.